We read together to remind us of where we are going. That is towards Jesus. Allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. And behold, the star went before them until it came to rest over where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. As they approached the place where he lay, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Yeah. 
sang with you. Some of you kids sound amazing out there. I love hearing those little voices sing. Hey, turn to at least four people and say, Merry Christmas. And then you can be seated. Merry Christmas. Such a good, good day to be here. Such a good day. Really glad you're with us today, those of you in the room and even those of you watching online. It's a great day just to celebrate. This is our annual family Christmas celebration, and we love to celebrate Christmas with you. And uh, kids, if you haven't yet found in your goodie bags, there, there are some uh, worksheets and some uh, little activities that you get to keep your hands busy so other things are more rested in these moments. And I want to share just a couple things with us as we kind of gear up or end, kind of point towards a moment of just kind of uh, surrender and uh, worship together here in just a minute as we uh, light some glow sticks and sing a little bit more and take a moment and allow our hearts to really move in the direction um, that Christmas should move us in, and that's towards, towards Jesus, and uh, I'm so thankful for it. Uh, for those of you that are part of Faith Church, this is kind of your, your space, your home. Um, just a reminder, today we are giving in our annual Christmas offering, and everything that we give today, uh, both in, in, in here and online, so in the boxes or, or online, we're giving to our outreach partners. We have three different initiatives that we're doing, and so I uh, want to encourage you to take some time and do that today um, as we participate in the generosity, uh, living like God in, in, in our world is anybody um, out there like Christmas lights? Kind of let me see let me see your hands. All right, uh, I, I want to hear, boys and girls, what is your favorite Christmas light? Somebody shout, shout to me, boys and girls, what is your favorite Christmas light? Come on. What's Santa? Okay, I see some red, some blue, some twinkly lights. Does anybody like the lights that, like, go to the music? Come on, like, like you got the little, got the little action. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like those. Um, I, I have a favorite kind of Christmas light. Uh, my favorite Christmas lights are the ones when I pull them out of the attic, they're not tangled. <laughs> right? And I, I like the ones that you hang up that I don't have to hang up. I like those. I like those Christmas lights too. Uh, I like another kind of Christmas. I like the Christmas lights that when you pick, pull them out, you, you hang them up, they stay lit and they don't burn out. Right? Like halfway through the... Have you ever um, done this where you, you're, you're hanging your Christmas lights and you got your tree set up and you get it all, all the lights strung and everything is just so wonderful and beautiful and like you're just looking over and surveying how great of a job you did only to discover there's like some bulbs missing? It's like that, that, that one line that's not like hanging straight on the house anymore and you're like, ugh. I've, I had a friend... Uh, in Carolina, we used to work together, and he had this phrase whenever we were working on a project, and uh, we were getting close to completion, but it really wasn't like a job really, really well done. It was just a job done. Uh, he had this phrase that he would say. He would look at me and be like, well, looks good from my house. And I'm like, what? No, hold on. I, I find it interesting that, you know, over the course of our Christmas season, you get the lights hung up, and if there are some of those that aren't quite functioning properly... If some of the lights aren't staying straight, you know, that windstorm comes and knocks them over. It's, we have a tendency, we notice it at first, but then inside of us something's like, 
I know I could fix it. I know I could change it. I know, I know it's not like that big of a deal. I, I probably could. It's going to take this work. And you know kind of the kind of effort it would take to fix the lights and to get it back functioning right and to look straight and to get it turned back on. But something inside of us is like, ah, maybe not. And, and the, the longer we go without fixing it, the easier it is to no longer see it. The longer we go, we're like, ah, people are driving by our house. They're driving too fast to even see it. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal that the, the thing that's supposed to work that's not working, if I just kind of ignore it, turn up the radio, maybe it'll all go away. But I do think it is true that the longer we go, it's easier to no longer notice where we're at. It's easier to, to go at a place that what looks like out of place eventually becomes commonplace in our lives. It's the, it's the faith that once was such a passionate part of our life, throughout the, the year it kind of slips back into like, ah, it's not really all that important. It'll be all right to where going everywhere but to church, doing, spending time in God's word and other things, it becomes commonplace to not do it. And we don't hardly even notice that we miss it any, anymore. Where maybe our, our hope seems to dwindle, our, our faith kind of shrinks, our, our standards start to lower. And then we wonder why we don't have the strength that we used to have. It's perhaps because we don't have the standards that we used to have in our own lives. The little lies that we tell ourselves, convince ourselves that it's okay, it'll be fine, it's not a big deal and we just kind of live in that world and in that way for a little bit of time. I think it's easy to get acclimated to things that don't function right in our lives. It's easy to get used to the dysfunction in our relationships and just call it, oh, that's just so-and-so being so-and-so. I think it's easy to get used to a couple lies here and a couple lies there and a, a little bit here and we just kind of slowly find ourselves in a place where we recognize we could fix it but we don't even recognize it anymore to fix it. And we live in a time and a place where even in our own hearts, in our own emotions, in our own life, throughout the course of COVID and the pandemic and life, it's, it's so much easier just to kind of cope and deal and ignore rather than address the problem, address what's broken, address what the pain is, address what the heartache looks like. And we just find ourselves living in a place where uh, it's easier to just see a little bit in the dark. Have you ever done that? Like turned off all the lights? And like after the lights go out for a little while, your eyes begin to adjust so where you can see enough. I mean, it's not like you're seeing great. It's not like you really can see clearly, but like you can see enough. And I think many of us have found ourselves in places like that over the course of the year where we've just kind of adjusted our sight to see well enough. We, we've learned how to function in our dysfunction. We've learned how to move forward and behave even amongst our own brokenness. How to find a, a, a busyness even in the midst of our pain. So we just keep scrolling TikTok rather than actually dealing with the heartache. We just keep buying on Amazon instead of addressing the brokenness. We just escape and go drinking with the fellas rather than face Maybe the things that are in our hearts that we know aren't, aren't supposed to be there, the negativity that we don't even notice anymore as negativity. It's just, it is what it is. 
It's the anger, it's the anxiety, it's the constant worrying that we just leave it alone. I wonder if this is a, a similar scenario where the people of God, when Isaiah was, came and prophesied, 900 years before Jesus showed up on the scene, this, this guy named Isaiah started prophesying, and he was talking about this darkness, this deep, deep darkness that people just kind of get used to. Listen to these words in Isaiah chapter 9. The people who walked in darkness will see a great light. Boys and girls, everybody shout light. light. No, boys and girls, shout light. light. Yeah, in this deep darkness, there will be a great light. A light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and the people will rejoice. And they'll rejoice before you as people who rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod. I, I wonder if our own pain, our own dysfunction, our own heartache, I wonder if it goes so long, so far, we just adjust to it and we find ourselves broken, enslaved, and entrapped to behavior that we didn't really want, and we find ourselves enslaved to these things. I wonder if we ever stop to ask the question, like, how do, how do we get there? How do we get to the place where it became this, this dark? I wonder, how, have you ever stopped to wonder, like, how did we get to a place where we're functioning without all of this light? You know, in Isaiah chapter 9, that's not the first time that light broke into darkness. In Genesis chapter 1, we see the, the, this creation narrative. When, when nothing was here on the earth, look at, look at Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God still hovered over the surface of those waters. Then God said, let there be, what's that word? Let's say it again. What's that word? Light. Let there be light. And there was light. And God said that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, making the first day. God had created this beautiful world, set everything in working order. There were no lights still tangled in God's creation. In the beginning of the world, all of the lights were hung perfect and lit up, and everything in the world was formed, and he created the fish and, and the birds and the giraffes and the aardvarks. He created them all. And then he created humanity and placed it all in this beautiful garden, and they lived in relationship with God. They lived in this space and this place where, where God was with them, and they were with God, and everything was set right and wonderful, and they didn't have to pay taxes or forgive people or deal with neighbors who didn't pick up their dog poo. Like, they, like it was all wonderful. Everything was set right. There wasn't any brokenness. But it doesn't take but, but three chapters for things to start coming apart. See, sin starts to show up in, the, in this great creation. God had created this amazing world. And sin shows up. And when sin shows up, it is God's good world beginning to tear apart. In Genesis 3, you see at the very beginning, Satan shows up. He deceives and lies and tricks them to not obey God. They don't obey God. And Adam and Eve lead a mutiny against God's will, living out their own decisions and will. And in this process, immediately the human relationship, Adam and Eve, male-female relationship starts to tear apart. 
And they start blaming one another. She did it. No, he did it. No, uh, it was her. I didn't steal it, mom. It was them. And they just point fingers and blame and blame and blame. And that relationship starts to fracture and tear apart. And the relationship between God and humanity starts to fracture. Now there is a separation. The relationship that was where Adam and Eve walked with God each day and talking in the cool of the day. I mean, how awesome would it be to go on a walk around the neighborhood with God Almighty? Little nature walk. How fun would that be? But that was now separated and torn apart. And and now humanity and God are separated because sin shows up. And when sin shows up, it starts to tear apart God's good world. That's Genesis 3. Genesis 4, you see the first brother and brother fight. Siblings start arguing and fighting. One gets rewarded from God. One doesn't get rewarded for God. And jealousy shows up. Anger shows up. Pride shows up. And they start competing with one another and can't stand somebody else getting something that the other one doesn't have. It's not fair. And so he kills his brother. Bit of a problem. Genesis 4, we've already got three key things fractured and broken apart. Genesis 6, we get to a place where humans can no longer function on the earth properly. They've had so much darkness and evil, God's like, no, 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 I'm going to send some rain. And a flood shows up, and you see earth beginning to tear apart and fracture because of the sin. What was God's good creation, now sin is deteriorating and creating dysfunction. Then you get to Genesis 11 and civilization. Civilizations, different kinds of people. You see the fracture of civilizations and people spread out. And now we have this this kind of people against this kind of people. This language against this language. This space against this space. And fighting and division no longer unified. 11 chapters in and you see God's good world coming apart because of sin. And this is what you were born into. This is what I was born into. See, the minute you were born, you were born into this world. Born into this world, this this world that that has some good in it, but it's still got a lot of of, of brokenness, a lot of things. See, you, you and I, Adam and Eve, they were originally created to reflect and be like God, to bear his image, to... Like God brought light into the world, we were to be reflectors of that. And, and we were born with, with this desire. We're, we're supposed to, and it doesn't matter really how hard we try, we still can't function in the way God wanted us to function. Why? Because sin has created this inability for us to function. There's some pain, there's some brokenness, there's, there's sin. And we're born into a world of sin. We're born sinful, not fully reflecting and operating the way we were designed originally by God to operate. Where we should be able to reflect and show light, we cannot. Oh, you can find other uses for it. But that's not the way it was designed. That's not God's intention for life, for humanity. So God comes up with a solution. His solution was to send a savior into a world where there is darkness to bring light. Look at John chapter 1. In the beginning, the word already existed. That's Jesus. 
And the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created through him except through him. The word gave life to everything. Somebody say everything. Everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Someone say everyone. everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness never extinguishes it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell of the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light, though. He simply was a witness to tell of the light. The one who is the true light, God gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came into the very world that he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and they rejected him. Why? Because it was sinful and broken and fractured. And they were living in darkness and couldn't see the dysfunction in their own life or the solution to their sin problem. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. Somebody say reborn. reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love. And faithfulness. Jesus shows up to be our salvation. If sin is God's good world coming apart, then salvation is Jesus putting his world back together again, starting with our relationship with him. See, we were born into sin. We can't function. But when we recognize that sin is in our lives and we turn to Jesus and we recognize and we surrender and we ask Jesus to come be our savior, he takes the problem of sin and he removes it so that we can shine the way we were designed to shine. So that what was broken could be made whole. So that what was separating us could be removed. That which has stained us can now be healed in us. For those who believe in his son, he said they could become sons and daughters and the light would shine. Salvation is God putting us back together. Salvation is this redemption salvation in you and in me is a prophecy of what is to come in the new world when god will set right again finally removing the very presence of sin from our world see the moment you surrender and you say yes to jesus and you you recognize your sin and you say god i need you to be my savior i want to follow you and give you my whole allegiance he takes sin and he makes the penalty of sin disappear in your life so that you can start shining but there is a process for us salvation isn't just a moment of decision it starts in a moment of a decision but it is an ongoing process for us some of you have been in that process for a while you, you got saved and you, you prayed a prayer and you wanted to give your life to Jesus, but you've lived some life. You've allowed brokenness and dysfunction to creep into your life and, and you've kind of ignored it for a little while. And you, every once in a while, come back and you try to 
try to click on your, your, your light. But the problem is that the life of Jesus, it's just kind of been silenced. It's, it's what once burned bright is not really burning bright very much. And there's a, a moment in our lives where we recognize that the power of sin in our life has been too much. And what we really need are some new power sources in our life. We need the power of the Spirit of God to be in our life so that we can once again have the power to live as the light in this world, reflecting the light of the Son of God. I believe this is what God has for each of us in our lives. Would you take a minute? Would you just bow your heads? And parents, if you would help us out in this moment, just to quiet everything down. Here in just a minute, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. But I want to take a moment just to ask you some questions. In your own heart, in your own life, is there some darkness that's existing? In your own heart, in your own life, is there some brokenness and dysfunction that needs to be set right? In this moment, maybe you have, you recognize you have never recognized the sin in your own life and you've never accepted the Savior. You've never made a commitment to say, I'm turning to the Savior for wholeness and forgiveness so the light can shine in me. Maybe that's you, and you know in you there. Maybe at one point you, you did. You shined. It was wonderful. The, the Lord had done a work. You, you became a son or a daughter of God. But, but over the course of time, your light quit shining, and the life of Jesus grew dim and more dark because the power of sin had creeped in and taken over. And you need to come back to God and allow him to fill you again. In your own heart, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to do anything. We are going to pray a prayer, and we're going to pray it all together. And as we pray this prayer, if, the, if you identify with either of those spaces, either of those examples, and you know you need to surrender your life to Jesus or surrender it again, this is your moment for salvation again. This light, this setting right again you and me and as we pray this prayer I want you to, to mean it and believe it knowing that you're moving in a direction of Jesus and giving him your faith your allegiance your commitment to follow after him instead of following your own ways trying to do it in your own power which flickers and fades you want the power of his son to come into your life to renew and set right again in you Friends and family, can we all pray this prayer aloud together? Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus to be the light that shines in the darkness. I repent of my sin. I want to follow you. I want to receive the power of your salvation in my life. Would you shine in me and set right within me your life, your salvation, your wholeness. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, Jesus is indeed the eternal living word of God that brings us salvation into our life. It's so wonderful. And many of you made that commitment for the first time. And many of you, you you've, you've made it before, but you're, you're making a fresh commitment. There's, there's some Bibles on your way out that we want to encourage you. If you don't have a Bible, I want you to pick one of those Bibles up. We're going uh, to end the new year. We, we want to continue to worship and celebrate and connect with you and help you walk that out because it is a process in our lives. I want to invite the worship team to come back up. And uh, boys and girls, if you will reach in your bags and pull out your glow sticks, moms and dad, you can get those out as well. And, and uh, as you get those, uh, I want you to uh, go ahead and crack the glow sticks and make those shine and go. <laughs> Wonderful. If I can get somebody to take this, please. And after you get your glow stick nice and kind of broken open, would you stand to your, stand to your feet? This, this year, I, uh, over the course of this month, we, my, my wife and I, along with our uh, three kids, have been doing this, this Bible plan. Once you get your glow sticks out, please stand. We're going we're gonna to end our service today singing together about this light. But there was a, a, a moment in our devotional that we read this year all about this light. I want to read you these words. There are few things more glorious than a beautiful sunrise or dazzling sunset. Light in the Old Testament was seen as a sign of God's power. Think about the burning bush, bright clouds, pillar of fire, etc. In Psalm 27 in verse 1, the writer describes God as his light and salvation. Light and salvation. We say that when we say light and salvation. It was clear that the light stood for the glory of God. The ultimate glory of God, though, is found in the person of Christ Jesus, who came into a world marked by sin, shed the light of life and truth through his work and his words. Those who trust in him have the eye, have their eyes opened by him and walk in the light. Light is beautiful, mysterious, it's practical. It shows us the way to where we need to go. Light helps us see the truth of all that is around us. And in Jesus, we see the light of life the way to God. As we sing these last couple of songs, these glow sticks represent the life of Jesus in you, breaking up the darkness so that it can shine through you to break up the darkness around you. This is why we sing. This is what we sing about. This is why we gather on Sundays and throughout the week, why we open the Bible, why we give our life and faith to Him. This is why 
because God is resetting the world back together and you and I get to partner in setting the world right as we let his light shine through us. This is a moment not just of worship, friends. This is a moment of our re-surrender again. Those who have walked with the Lord for years, this is your moment and my moment to say, God, I don't just want you to shine in me, but I want you to shine through me as well. Let's sing from our heart. Sing aloud. Sing as a family. And let's sing so the light shines through us.
you have a wonderful Christmas celebration next Sunday, Sabbath Sunday. Wait for the email come through next week so you can watch and be a part. And we'll see you back here January 2nd for our first Sunday of the new year. God bless. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If you're if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see it in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.